Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Let's be honest. The first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simon's on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away, because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're discussing store brand surges, 401k changes, and inconvenient conveniences. Buddy, this is our Friday flight, and we're going to talk about the best headlines that we think you should be paying attention to that we came across this week. Uh, this is a, a small sampling of our favorite headlines, but before we get to that, we need to make sure we announce our uh, money and love book winners. So, Money and Love, that's a book that we discussed this past Monday with Abby Davison. Mm-hmm. Uh, she talked about relationships, talked about the logic that we often employ when it comes to making some of these bigger decisions in life, uh, and how we need a little bit of both in order to make the absolute best decisions. Yeah, she had a helpful framework for mm-hmm. basically thinking about the biggest decisions we make in life, yeah. which often involve yeah relational love uh, interest kind of stuff, and also money, right? Like, both of those things are simultaneously at work. That's so. right. And we drew five winners. We uh, we announced the book giveaway during that episode. All you needed to do was reach out to us with your review that you left over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, here are the five winners. Todd R., Mona M., Julian P., Matt D., and Maggie are we will be reaching out to you getting your mailing addresses and getting copies of those books on the way to you very soon yeah hopefully you'll enjoy that book and it'll help you make future money decisions with like yeah a little more with ease (laughs) it's never easy (laughs) no sweat at all always a lot of stuff to weigh especially when you're making big decisions with people that you love with people that you're close to but hopefully yeah i I think i love what she said matt when she said that like well you can make it even if you look back 
uh, you don't regret the choice in nearly the same way that you might because you had a framework that you went into with. You made an intentional choice, which is a big part of the problem. <laughs> we fly by the seat of our pants. But, exactly. Uh, it was like about it was about empowering your due diligence process within your decision making. Yeah. Right? Like, we just want to make sure that we're making decisions on purpose and not looking back and being like, did I? How, how did that happen? <laughs> that, that is not the position that you want to be in down For the sure. road. Yeah. I uh, just want to quickly mention that I'm working on getting the Amazon Prime student rate for uh, for our account because I, I, I totally forgot about this, but like a college student rate? My wife is in grad school. Why in the world? Oh, snap. Have I not taken advantage of this? You can buy, you can get like new computers. Uh, yes. Student rates as well. Well, yeah, we got, we, she to, got, to uh, stock up. When she got her laptop, <laughs> the very like beginning of school, we got the, we got the student discount rate on a Mac because yeah that's student discounts abound I'm realizing we were my, yeah. my wife was getting some clothes on sale at Madewell the other day and Madewell has like a student discount like there's student that discounts all over the place awesome so if you're a student don't forget to ask or, or google it check and see if there is one but yeah Amazon Prime has it too so I'm hoping not only to get it for our Prime account but also for our Prime music which apparently gets discounted too if uh, if we get the student rate. So. I want those unlimited tunes yeah. <laughs> at that student rate, buddy. I know, right? I will report back. But uh, just <laughs> awesome. reminded all the students out there, there are student discounts abound, and it's worth it's worth asking, it's worth looking into. But let's move on, Matt. Let's get to the Friday flight. A quick sampling of stories we found interesting this week. And let's talk smack uh, at the beginning, at the outset of this Friday flight about Wells Fargo. And uh, that's they just got taken a task by the Consumer Finance, Financial Protection Bureau. Uh, the they, have to fork, they have to fork over a whopping $3.7 billion because they're such a terrible bank. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and $2 billion of those dollars are going to customers and a record fine of $1.7 billion is going to the CFPB. And this is not, by the way, for new allegations of fraud, but for a slew of abusive practices that Wells Fargo has been engaging right. in over the past decade, which we have talked about here on the show. Yeah. So, I mean, the worst of what they did came out like six, seven years ago. Yeah. But signing people up for accounts like uh, mm -hmm. that they didn't ask for. And all, I mean, just all sorts of abusive practices right. for their current customers. But, but I was reading and they have had some uh, issues even up and uh, as recent as this year. Like yes. they've had some compliance failures I, I saw. So it's like, yeah, they're in the most egregious examples <laughs> of, of their misbehavior have been in the past. But even to, like even this year, yeah. they are still not doing what they're supposed to They've be doing. They've gotten better, but that doesn't mean they're, they're not off the hook. 100% reformed. And the director of the CFPB, he actually said the that Wells Fargo has consistently been one of the most problematic repeat offenders, which isn't you know something you want said about yourself. And uh, he basically said that this settlement doesn't necessarily mean that the bank doesn't still have issues like you just yep, said, Matt. And so yeah, while they've made progress, there's still some rotten stuff going on in that bank. And so we would say but you bank with Wells Fargo at your own peril. And really, really, you bank with the top, the, the biggest three or four banks at your own peril. We, we would say you should switch banks, go somewhere else. We have an article that we'll link to in the show notes about how you can do that and make it easy on yourself. But if you're banking with Wells Fargo, there's no time like now, no, no, no time like the present to not do that anymore. <laughs> I think that could be an excellent, simple to do task for folks over the holidays, for sure. right? Like for the most part, you're laying low, you're taking it easy. You don't want to be running around. Oh my gosh. Like in the crazy cold weather that most of the country is experiencing right yeah. now. Like this is totally something that you can do from the ease of your laptop at home. Yeah. Uh, so. While you've got that like Arendelle fireplace on in the oh, background, yeah. you know, <laughs> exactly. But let's keep moving. Let's talk about high prices, because if you saw the, the most recent CPI numbers, it was nice to see inflation going down overall. Uh, one place, though, 
that that wasn't the case is at the grocery store. Food prices, they have remained stubbornly high. And to that end, supermarkets are trying some different techniques to ease the pain and to, to get customers to maybe switch their allegiance to start shopping with them. Uh, a popular method that some stores are doubling down on is to offer more store brands. We're huge fans of store brands and consumers are taking the bait. They're opting for a similar but vastly cheaper alternative. Uh, Kroger, they say that uh, they're selling 10% more store brands compared to last year. We wanted to point this out because just generally speaking, store brands, they are getting better. They're getting more popular. There are, there are more options for you on the shelves. Uh, and if you're a name brand person, we think it's time for you to consider and uh, maybe give some of those store brands a try. Yeah, you might have tried something in the past, but maybe it's Maybe it's gotten better, so it's worth a shot again. And if you give it a shot at the right store, by the way, if you give store brands a chance at some of the lower-cost grocery stores, you've actually got nothing to lose, and that's because stores like Aldi, Lidl, have they've got guarantees on their store brand items, which allow you to return them and get your money back altogether. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, they'll refund and replace the item at the same time, which means no sweat off your back. And so, yeah, Kroger, they've got a return policy that's not quite as generous, but at least they've got one on store brands. But it's important to mention that there's nothing to lose and lots of your grocery dollars to gain by opting for fewer name brands in your grocery cart. And Matt, there was another story this week about how expensive egg prices are getting. It's it's getting pretty absurd, right? But mm-hmm. so every every way in which we can save money at the grocery store, it matters right now. And uh, store brands are just one of the slam dunk easiest ways to do it without having to like clip coupons and annoy yourself to death when it comes exactly. to saving money. It's just uh, a simple way to, to make progress on that. Well, and it's not like they're so specifically with Lidl and Aldi. It's not like there's not store brands there. I mean, so there are a lot more. There definitely are. But they're like you, uh, last time we were over at Lidl, Wright's bacon. That's like the really good stuff. Yeah. They're totally on sale. Got a multiple pound and a half packages of that for like six bucks. There you six go. bucks each. Throw that junk in the in the, uh, in the freezer. But yeah, Lidl and Aldi specifically, I think they carry something like four, uh, four times more of their store brands versus the name brands that they carry in the store. And yeah. so it's just a way. I mean, that is how you're able to save so much money is because by default, you can't buy a whole right. lot of store brands because well, they don't, uh, I'm sorry, name brands because they don't typically carry a ton of them. By default, you are purchasing the store brands. And those Aldi and Lidl store brands are by default going to be cheaper than most of the other major grocery oh, yeah. store store brands just because of the kind of business they run. And so store brands are a good idea. Store brands at the cheapest grocery stores out there is an even better idea. Even more affordable. Uh, Joel, there are going to be changes that are likely coming to 401ks next year. We're going to probably know sometime next week, but it definitely looks like this bill, uh, this is part of the the omnibus giant spending bill uh-huh. that's uh, set to be passed by Congress, likely signed by the president. But it will also include a secure 2.0 bill, which means that retirement savers uh, are going to be helped out on a few different fronts. First of all, RMDs, required minimum distributions on retirement accounts, they're likely to be pushed back to age 75 from the current age of 72 over the next 10 years. That's going to be helpful for a lot of folks who honestly are still working. They're socking money away and they don't want to have to take that money out. Yeah. And I mean, we're seeing the, the age of the workforce continue to increase as folks, they're living longer. They're living longer, they uh, continue to be healthy, and they want want to be a a productive part of society. Automatic enrollment in workplace retirement accounts plus annual percentage boosts are set to become law as well, and I think that's going to be great. That'll be a a way to help a lot of folks to invest who just otherwise wouldn't, (laughs) because they either forgot about it or because of 
inertia bias, which is a fancy way of saying that they're just being lazy. <laughs> uh, but uh, catch-up contribution. Procrastination, limits. really. Procrastination. Like, what I did in college, that's what they're doing with their <laughs> retirement accounts. Exactly. But uh, catch-up contribution limits, they're going to go up as well. They're going to be raised by a meaningful amount for folks over the age of 60. So in particular, for those who are further along, there are going to be a lot of provisions to help those, those folks out. And so we will definitely make sure to keep folks posted yeah. as this becomes law. For sure. Yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of provisions in this bill that dramatically are going to change what people are able to do when it comes to saving for retirement, making it easier and just more reflexive for a lot of folks. And and one other provision would allow employers to incentivize their employees to save up a small emergency fund within their retirement account if they make under a certain threshold, which which is an interesting new feature, I think, Matt, that can yeah, help incentivize people to get that rainy day fund that they might not otherwise do. If there's a match that kind of propels them in that direction, I think that's kind of cool. And since uh, 401k hardship withdrawals are going up in a meaningful way, according to recent statistics from Vanguard, from Fidelity, from some other 401k providers, this could be a really important part of this bill because yeah, w- one of the worst things you can do for your financial future, of course, is to raid your retirement account before you get to retirement age. Nothing like stealing from future you. Yes. Uh, and so if you go this route, you might be you know, solving a temporary money issue in your life, but you're creating a bigger long-term mess with taxes and penalties and the like. And and just, yeah, like you, like you said, Matt, stealing from future you, you don't have that money growing for your eventual retirement either. So you're setting yourself up to be working a lot later into your life than you might otherwise want to. And the truth is like a 401k loan is different. It's less egregious than a 401k hardship withdrawal. But we'd prefer that you think of retirement dollars as untouchable. <laughs> Even if there are ways in which you can access them, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm-hmm. And we'll discuss, like we said, more about these changes at some point in January if this bill passes, because there's just a lot of moving parts and we're not sure how it's all going to shake out at this point. But yeah, it sounds like there are some some good changes. But as always, human behavior it stymies progress. And we don't want to see you styming your own you know financial progress by raiding those retirement accounts before it's time. That's right, man. Let's talk about paying for college because we've talked many times about how 529 plans, how they're not our favorite spot for many folks to be socking away money. If you aren't crushing it, right? When it, like when it comes to your, your your own saving into your own retirement accounts, where you're maxing out that Roth IRA uh, and hopefully coming close to maxing out a workplace plan. If that's the case, the 529 plan should be off the table for you. But if you are one of those folks who is knocking it out of the park on that front and you've got kids who are likely to go to private school or to college, a 529 plan actually might be a great account to consider funding. Uh, But there's an interesting twist. There has been a rule that was changed recently that might impact how it is that you opt to go about saving for those goals, and specifically who you might want to have ownership of that account. It's a, it's a small, it's a, it's, a, it's a nuance here that's worth talking about. Yeah. So this is definitely another like headline that's worth discussing because it's going to impact how and in what way people save for their kids' college. You're right, Matt. It's something that we don't recommend for a whole lot of people, but for some people, it does make sense. And what some folks don't know is that a portion of what you invest in a 529 plan counts against your kid's ability to receive financial aid. So they're applying for college and the college says, hey, you got all this money in the 529 plan. uh, And so we're going to offer you a little bit less money than than we would have because you've saved so well. There's a little bit of a penalty associated with it. Uh, The more you save, the more difficult it becomes to score free money from the college that they choose to go to. But FAFSA has made some changes that might impact how you choose to invest for your child's college future. And it turns out that money that's allocated in grandparent accounts 
is now going to have zero impact on financial aid eligibility for their grandkids. And in the past, that has not been the case. And we've said that you might want to solicit donations from grandparents for 529 plans that you open for your, your own kids. But now, effective for the 2023-2024 school year, they, the grandparents, might want to open the 529 plan of their own volition in, for the benefit of their grandkids. In their own names. Yes. Exactly. In, in their name, being the owner for the benefit of the grandkid. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to allow for maximum financial aid flexibility. And so it's a yeah a 529 twist. New quirks is going they're going to have ramifications. By the way, we might be one step ahead of you on this. You cannot change the account holder of the 529 <laughs> plan that you already have open. You can't transfer the assets that you have in your name to the benefit of your kids to your mom or dad or your mother-in-law or father-in-law. So that's important to note. And also just one more minor note on the 529 front. It, there, there's a proposed legislation that would allow folks to roll over unused 529 funds into a Roth IRA. And if that happens, we'll like them a whole lot more. They might become uh, an account that we recommend oh, yeah. a lot more people a consider. A lot more options if that's something that you can do. There's yeah certain stipulations around this, but again, th- that's a part of that secure 2.0 bill yeah. and whether or not that actually passes. And if it gets modified, we're not totally sure. It definitely did have some stipulations, right, as to how long those funds needed, how long that account needed to have already existed before you could roll that over to a Roth IRA. Yeah. One of the things we, we hate the most about 529 plans is how inflexible they can become. And if they have more flexibility, if you can roll it over into a Roth IRA, that's going to change the dynamics uh, of how we feel about that account in general. Totally. Yeah, but yeah, like we said, we'll update you hopefully with more on this front soon. Lots of proposed changes, nothing uh, firmly set yet. But Matt, we've got more to get to, including we're going to talk about some new headwinds facing real estate investors. We'll get to that and more right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best 
meat pie shop. Mm-hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making (laughs) making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, we are back from the break, which means it is officially time now on our Friday flight to get to our Ludicrous headline of the week, and this headline came from The Atlantic. The lie of consumer convenience. Oh, I don't like this being is, lied to, Matt. I don't, I don't either, man. This is going to be a good one. I actually, so I love this article because it, it kind of calls into question something most of society, most of us today has seen as sort of like this unquestionable good, which is modern apps on our phones and services that make our lives incredibly convenient. I'm sure this probably sounds pretty familiar, right? Like if anyone out there, if they've tried some of these services and they purport to save you time and they they, they save you hassle talking about apps like Instacart. If so, you've probably found it to be, you know, maybe like it worked. You actually got some groceries. You you found it to be pretty novel. Maybe you found it to be neat, but also at the same time, uh, there's a good chance you found it to be lacking. There's probably a good chance you didn't get all of the goods that you (laughs) <laughs> wanted to get in that grocery run. Or some of the substitutions were just whack. Exactly. <laughs> that is that's the biggest complaint I've heard about so many of those services is that somebody says like, I ordered pickles and they gave me cucumbers. And it's like, I know they're the just same the- thing, and, <laughs> but they're not the same thing. Originally the same vegetable, yes, yes. but completely different. Yeah, at, at one point in the article, the writer asked the question, have all of these on-demand services that have come to dominate our lives, have they actually made them better or have they just created the illusion of efficiency. I think that's a, a great question. I think it's one worth wrestling with because oftentimes these these apps and these services that we sign up for, the free trials are oftentimes more trouble than they're actually worth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if these apps are working for individual listeners out there, more power to you. But I think the, the reality and, and what the, this writer was getting to in this article is that they do promise something and then they rarely deliver what they're promising. And Or it's just like a, it's a subpar version of whatever it is that they're yeah. promising. And so you're like, I'm going to get out of going to the grocery store but no, you're not, because there's a few things that the the shopper buying on Instacart that they missed. And so you still have to go to the grocery store to pick yeah. those items up. And it's a big pain. And not to mention that service is costing you a pretty penny at the same time, but it's not delivering in the way that you hoped it would. And so, yeah, we would say yeah, we think that there can be value to paying for convenience in some circumstances. But there's a reason most of us have upgraded from using our two feet uh, to get everywhere to bikes and cars. Right? Mm-hmm. It's worth the expense because we're able to get places more quickly. You don't have to DIY everything in your life to be frugal. But there's also this subtle lie, right, that this article draws helpful attention to, that uh, that these services, they they overpromise, they underdeliver, And we're told that they're going to make our lives easier so we can kick up our feet, we can take a break, take a sip of lemonade, read a book, whatever it is, um, paying just a few extra bucks to have our groceries delivered. Wow, how nice is this going to be? And how much more free time is it going to add to our schedule? But now is just a great time to reassess whether or not these services w- that we're paying for that claim to make our lives easier, whether they're actually paying dividends or not. I think it's great to revisit from time to time instead of blindly continuing to pay for a service that maybe isn't providing as much value in your life as you thought it was going to. Yeah, and, and the, the writer, the 
author, she she talks about how oftentimes it seems like what we're striving for uh, is control. It seems like that there's a maybe a higher level level of accountability because maybe we have the ability to rate somebody who delivers us the groceries or chooses to skip the thing that they can't find. <laughs> uh, it's also kind of funny that she mentioned how she never leaves a bad review. And so it's like the one thing that actually did give you control, you're completely relinquishing. But you're too soft. You're too nice to do it. Yeah, you're too nice. <laughs> but I think... I know. Bad review for me is like three stars, maybe. And yeah. I, it's hard for me to even go there. But another aspect of control that it makes me think of is it, it seems like maybe the entire generation of folks who are maybe the, the prime users of these different apps seem to be wanting uh, like more control over the type of communication that it takes to to interact with some of these different services, right? Because you could hail a taxi where you wave your hand and you look at somebody and you tell them where to go as opposed to just pushing a button on your screen. Whether it's groceries, you, you know, you could totally go in there and do that yourself as opposed to selecting boxes of the different items you want. Or like a house cleaner, right? Like actually talking to somebody, getting a quote uh, where you talk to them on the phone, they come over to your house. Asking a friend for a reference. Yeah. And so in all these instances, it's like there's a desire almost to remove the humanity from some of these personal uh, face-to-face interactions, you know? And in that way, I feel like maybe actual human connection, which is typically a more robust form of communication, is just getting underrated. Yeah. And it seems like these platforms and the software, that it's going to alleviate all these problems, but in reality, it's uh, leading to more frustration. Yep, I think that's true yeah. on, on a lot of fronts. And again, paying for convenience can make sense, right? Like, lives are busy and things that can allow us can actually free up some extra time in our lives. Like, sometimes it's worth paying for those things, but you got to know what the trade-off is. And y- you also have to uh, think long and hard about whether or not the convenience of that's being promised is being delivered. Right. And and on a related note, by the way, Matt, Barry Weiss's new site, The Free Press, had an article on how frustrating and ubiquitous planned obsolescence is becoming. And I loved the title of this piece. It was called, Oh, Holy Crap, <laughs> which this time of the year is, is, is fitting. But I, I can relate to the author's frustrations with cheap goods that unravel or break in what feels like no time flat. And, you know, you and I, we talked about how to avoid the trap of planned obsolescence back in episode 266. But if you want the TLDR, right, if you don't want to go back and listen necessarily, we would say it's important to do more research on the front end before making a purchase, to repair items that you own whenever you can, to buy more goods secondhand to begin with, and then to own less stuff in general. There, We can't do anything necessarily as a whole about the uh, reality that some of our appliances, washing machines, refrigerators, dryers, or whatever, they're not being made as well as they used to be. But we can be better shoppers and shop less often. Um, but... Plan obsolescence, it's annoying, but it's something that I think that we can avoid, at least to some degree. That's right. But companies, they still want you to buy their crap, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you've noticed this trend, but email marketing, it's becoming even more intrusive. The Washington Post, they wrote about how some companies out there are basically abusing you, or at least your inbox, in an attempt to get you to spend more money. Information from HubSpot found that 33% of marketers are sending you an email at least once a week. Some re- retailers out there like Bed Bath & Beyond, they're sending multiple emails in a single day. How many 20% off coupons do I need, Matt? <laughs> uh, and I'm not against receiving emails, but like be strategic in how it is that you're signing up for for different emails and notifications about discounts, but especially like if you're if you're shopping for something like I want to receive the information. Like I want that to be something that's on my radar, but But sometimes like you'll just put something in your cart at checkout you haven't signed up for anything sure then you'll get an email that sucks that annoys me yeah when you go i think that's a bad marketing practice and then on top of that if they're abusing your inbox it's time to unsubscribe as much as possible i think we got to get these things out of our inbox one because they're annoying and two because they cause us to spend money that we other that we otherwise wouldn't 
And so, yeah, just you can do that manually. Hit unsubscribe um, it through Gmail or wherever you you know get your email. Or you can use a tool like Unroll.me, which can help you tackle that task more quickly. You're not like one off hitting it, but you're like unsubscribing to a bunch of things at once. I think that that can help. That can go a long way. And for a lot of people, man, fewer emails is a good thing, and fewer temptations to buy things just because they're discounted is is a good thing too. Most definitely. Uh, let's get to our last story for today. The Journal they had an article this week about how the rental property game is changing, uh, and it's definitely true. It's it's harder to make the numbers work now when you're considering buying a home in order to start your own personal mom and pop landlord operation back in uh, 2010, 2012, 13, 14, like after the the Great Recession. It was almost like shooting fish in a barrel, right? And in, in, if you're looking to, to get a solid rental property, uh, even two or three years ago, it was possible if you knew what you were looking for, if you knew uh, what you were doing. Now it's it's harder to make the numbers work because of higher prices, higher interest rates. They've caused many folks to, to now sit on the sidelines, um, not to mention like repair and maintenance costs are rising as well with the increased costs of goods. So we're not saying that like that it's impossible to snag a solid investment property, to, to snag a, a solid rental, one that, that makes sense for you over the long haul. But due diligence is going to be more important now than ever to make sure you're crunching the numbers so that this property is going to work for you. Yeah. When we talked about financial flexibility recently, Matt, that's one of those things. It's like, well, yeah, buying rental properties makes more sense in some environments than others. And you have to be willing to adjust according to market conditions. And it's also just important to know what you're getting into because rental properties, yeah, sure, they can be profitable, but they also have the elements of a part-time job many, many times. And so we still think that investing in rental properties can be a great way to build wealth, but be warned, right? That you might be looking for a long time before you find one that makes financial sense where the numbers work out, where you feel like it's actually going to make sense. It's going to be profitable over the long run, and it's not going to take you for a ride in the short run either. And so if you're looking uh, to get into the vacation rental market, by the way, that's not as appetizing as it's been either economic headwinds and inflation appear to be impacting vacation rental owners too. So if you were like, hey, I'm going to buy this property and turn it into an Airbnb, well, there are extra considerations that you need to think through before you take the plunge. And the number of listings on those sites uh, are up, which means that the average number of bookings a host receives per month are down. There's just more competition there. Yeah. Basic basic supply and demand. I, I think I saw like at the peak... There's something like 80,000 new additional short-term rental properties coming on the market yeah. every single month. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. A month. Which and that's going to impact you if you have one. So you have to have extra margin built in, knowing that supply and demand is going to shift over time. Yeah. The same thing is true if you're like, record rents, this is great as a landlord. But you also have to take into account uh, increasing costs in other areas and the reality that those rents might not stay where they are for forever. So just another reason, by the way, to make sure that you've got plenty of margin, a strong financial backstop before you opt to buy a property, whether it's short-term or for long-term leasing. That's right. Of course, if you are a guest looking at different properties, this is a good thing, sure. right? Like this means more competition, uh, more options uh, available for you at hopefully reasonable prices. But if you switch over to host view, <laughs> uh, this is going to be uh, it's going to be more challenging. Yeah. Again, not that it's not possible to you know house hack or find ways to make your short term rental make money for you, but the numbers just 
they may not be quite as juicy. They may not be quite as nice as they used to be a few years ago. Before, there was a massive marketing pu- push to get more folks to host properties. Yeah. <laughs> um, but generally speaking, we think it's a good thing. We think it's great that an individual can choose to rent out a room or rent out a house while they're on vacation. We think that that can be a really smart use of the resources that are under your ownership. <laughs> but if you are counting on some of these high rents, some of these high numbers, we just want to make sure that you're, yeah, maybe you're crunching the numbers twice uh, and allowing for a little more margin than what you were initially expecting. Yep, I think this that's is, smart. Yeah, be slightly pessimistic. Don't plan for perfection, right? Yep, you, you don't go. want to be a perpetual optimist if you're taking on an obligation like a short-term or long-term rental. You want to have your eyes wide open and be a little more realistic than optimistic. You want to be a realist. That's yeah. right, man. Um, well, hey, this is our last episode before Christmas, so if you celebrate Christmas, we want to wish everybody out there a Merry Christmas, and uh, we hope you are staying warm. You can find any of the resources we may have mentioned during this episode up on our website at howtomoney.com. Of course, we'll see you back here on Monday for an Ask HTM episode. You know it. And congrats again to the book winners of the Money and Love book. We'll get those shipped out to you shortly. And yeah, there's more giveaways to come in 2023, Matt, for Heck sure. yeah. We've got more, more of those socks hanging around that we got to get out. We've got to get those socks out. They're delicious. They, <laughs> they're delightful. <laughs> they look amazing. Socks aren't delicious. They're not edible. That's not gross. like Yeah. Oh, we should get some How to Money edible underwear. That's... Yeah. For all the <laughs> all the freaks out there, <laughs> we'll consider it. And on that note, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll see you later. Uh, Matt, until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.